Welcome to the True Vine Podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and brings perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Amen. If you're able to stand, which is our custom, the Word of God, the Gospel according to Luke 19 and 10. God bless you for being here. What a wonderful crowd I see from the pulpit this morning. The gospel according to Luke, chapter 19 and verse 10. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Very simple, very concise. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Maybe in some regards I have a sequel for you this morning from Mercy House. I want to preach to you leading up to revival. This is what God laid on my heart is simply this, rescue house. Rescue house. Heavenly Father, again, I come humbly. I come focused. I come ready to be a servant to your people to visitors in this city, this community, those that would stream and will watch an archive somewhere in the world, God, that the Spirit of God would prevail from this pulpit, Lord, and touch hearts and minds. Help me articulate. Help me share our conversations, God, that you and I had. I ask you to help me in Jesus' name. And can someone together with me shout amen? Amen, amen. God bless you for standing. You can be seated this morning. I want to talk to you, I want to preach to you about Rescue House. Part of my message is to have us prepare as we embark on revival. The purpose of revival is to revive something, is to revive your life, is to revive a marriage, is to revive your walk with God, is to revive your relationship with God, maybe revive your health. And so pastors seek God and throughout the country, we come alongside and partner with an evangelist with a fivefold ministry in Ephesians 4.11. And so our heartbeat is ready and ripe for revival. I need a voice of God. I need a touch from God. I want to know what is God thinking? What does God see in my life? What does God see about this church? What is God thinking about our future? And so we are entering into revival with our spirits ready to hear from God. Prayer and fasting, and leaning into the Holy of Holies. Can I just tell somebody here this morning, the world is a far cry from the Holy of Holies. Out there, what that happens out there is a whole different life than what we live in here. Different values, different morals, different vibe, different spirit, different culture. And so as one writer said, I realize I'm a man of unclean lips when I get into the presence of God. And so the more I get into the presence of God, the more I want to judge myself. Hello, somebody. The more I want to say, I want to be clean. I want my heart to be right. But when I'm aligning myself to the things outside the things of God, I always look pretty good. But I realize I'm a human. And I realize that I need God. And we never get beyond the point that I need more of God. You never learn all about God. You never know all about God. That's why we're coming to church. If you're not in need this morning, or if you're watching this video here on an archive, if you don't need something right now, well, then somebody needs you. There's never a situation that I could stay home and say, I don't need God. I'm good. My cupboards are full. My pockets are full. My spirit is full. No, 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 no. We serve God by coming to the house of God, what I'm going to call a rescue house, and we come in here, and if I'm not in need at the moment, 
moment, then I'm going to help you. I'm going to rescue you from your situation. I'm going to partner with you. Why? Because together we're stronger. And so goes the church. Rescue. When I think of rescue, maybe when you think of rescue, you might think of pets. Rescue groups exist for most pet types that are common for maybe dogs and cats. For animals with many breeds, rescue groups may specialize in a specific breed or groups of breeds. For example, there may be a local Labrador retriever rescue groups. There might be hunting dog rescue groups, large dogs rescue groups, as well as general dog rescue groups. They, they rescue the animal. Animal rescue organizations have also been created to rescue and rehabilitate wild animals, such as lions, tigers, cheetahs, a job which is normally shared by back and backed by zoos and other, con, other charities. Rescue groups, I thought this was kind of interesting in the light of I'm a preacher. Rescue groups are funded mainly by donations, and most of the staffs are volunteers. I can preach that. Henceforth, the rescue house. This rescue house is funded by volunteers. And donations that come from volunteers. And I got to thinking about just how a rescue facility works. It's taken in strays. It's taken in animals in poor health, maybe abused, rejected. In some cases, homeless animals that have had a series of attacks out there. I got to thinking about the parallels of the Church of the Living God. And how the purpose of the church exists to rescue people from sin and from hell, from darkness and despair. And this church of God is a rescue house. Most all of us, many all of us, of all of us, probably all of us, have been rescued from something. And you sit here today pretty well in good health, cleaned up, and in a sound mind. But when we came to God and we came into this house, the rescue house, wherever your rescue house was at the time, you were not in the condition that you are in today. God has been working in your life, and the church has made a difference in your life, and you stepped into the move and the Spirit of God, and God has rescued you to be somebody that you could not be on your own. So we call it a rescue house. A couple weeks ago, maybe you found yourself in a mercy house. And I realize as we live and we move that the devil has created such a wide path of destruction and despair that the people confuse it with the right path because of its population. We tell our kids as parents, and I was told as a kid and as a parent, I told, hey, just because everybody's doing it doesn't what? Doesn't make it right. And I hated the analogy when my parents would say, if everybody's jumping off the cliff, are you going to? No, I'm not going to jump off the cliff. That's the, no. Dear precious dad. But the point we're trying to make to our kids is just because there's a group larger than some other group doesn't mean they're going in the right direction. And I realize us as adults, as, as we live in this world and we work and we have friends that 
at work and in the neighborhood and in the break room. And, and the, the natural trajectory of the world is not the same trajectory of the church and the living God. And so I've got to make sure that just because there's a lot of people believing that or saying that or doing that, if it doesn't line up with the Word of God and if God's voice is speaking against it, then I'm going to have to pull back and say, no, that's not the trajectory I'm doing. Why? Because God has rescued me from darkness and he's brought me into his marvelous light and he set my feet on a solid rock to stay and I'm going to raise my family with Christ. Christian values and a moral compass that lines up to what thus saith the word of God. But I learned all about that in the rescue house. And just because it's a wide path, Matthew 7, 13 says, you can enter true life only through a narrow gate. The gate of hell is very wide and there is plenty of room on the road that leads there. Many people go that way. Just because the road is wide does not make it the right way that God is calling you. He has called you into lightness, from darkness. This is a rescue house. This church exists because of people. We are rescuing people like the rescue houses would from bad situations, and they're coming in from bad environments, and they've been raised with bad morals and values, and God is trying to step into people's life, and he does that in a rescue house. Why? Because we are showing you what the Word of God can do and will do. You don't have to live your short little life they all in discouragement and darkness and angry with a chip on your shoulder why because God has come to give you life and he's come to give it to you more abundantly so what do you find in a rescue house John chapter 10 verse 10 says the thief cometh not but to steal kill and destroy period but not in the verse but he says Jesus speaking but I have come that you may have life watch me now and that you may have it more abundantly I understand you can have life, you can live life, but when you get in the rescue house and you get tethered to Calvary and you get tethered to the Spirit of God, not only do you have life, this is living in the overflow, you have life more abundantly and that only comes through the things of God and you only access that in the rescue house. So we know the world, the enemy, the parallels, he's come to steal, kill, and destroy. And such were some of us that we were almost destroyed. I think some of you would have testimonies if we had time to say, you know what, I really shouldn't be here. I should have died because, and then you fill in the blank why you shouldn't be here today. But somewhere in God's infinite wisdom, and he saw your life, that there's a rescue house for you somewhere, that you're coming out of a situation. You're coming out of an abandoned situation. You're coming out of an abused situation. You're coming out of a drug situation. And you found a rescue house and an altar of repentance, and you lifted up your hands, and God filled you with his spirit, and you were baptized in the name of Jesus, and you your sins were washed away. Where did that take place? When I got in the rescue house and I realized how great God is and how loving the people are, he changed my life. He set me free. He put my feet on the rock to stay in the rescue house. Woo! Someone shout rescue house. Oh, I wish I could sing like, ah, I got to praise and I, I got to let it out. I got to praise. Hey, there are times that you were in situations that you didn't have a praise. You were so oppressed and depressed and things were weighing up on you. You couldn't even lift up your hands. You couldn't even lift up your head. You couldn't even lift up your eyes. Why? Because you were in a situation that was debilitating. But hey, thank God I got into the rescue house. I came in and said, God, I don't know how it works. I've been in a bad relationship. I've made some bad choices. I've done some bad things. I've got into the house of God. And he says, hey, you shall be set free. 
free. He that the Son has set free is free indeed. Where's that take place? In a rescue house. Woo! As Paul said, and such were some of you. He was drawing an analogy and a comparison. Hey, look where I used to be. Look what I used to do. Look what I used to say. Look how I used to dress. Look how I used to act. Look how I used to talk. And such were some of you. Until I came in the presence of Jehovah, I stepped into my own holy of holies, and I felt the Spirit of God around me. And I said, God, I'm a sinner, and I need to be saved. I want to start a new path. I need a revival in my life. I need a revival in my marriage. I need a revival in my thoughts. I need a re... Mm. It's a rescue house where he rescues people. The church is the last hope of the world. If the rescue house doesn't keep its lights on, my friend, so goes the world into destruction at warp speed. The church is the last hope of the world. The lights are on. People are zooming by on the 15 on the north side in the southbound direction, and there's a lighthouse here preaching the gospel. There's a rescue house. Take any exit. Take Temecula Parkway. Take Rancho, California. Take Winchester. We don't care, but just get to the rescue house, and let me show you what God can do in your body, soul, mind, and spirit. Come Come on, the rescue house is open. Hey! That's what revival's all about. We're preparing. We're thinking. We're getting involved in our mind, body, soul, and spirit. And if you've had a bad experience in life, the church is here to love you and restore hope back into your life. Church is not the enemy. God is not the enemy. The people of the rescue house are not the enemy. It's the devil. He's come to steal, kill, and destroy. Get your eyes back on Calvary. Calvary didn't hurt you. The church didn't hurt you. God's people didn't hurt you. It's the devil perverting and twisting things, and you blame it on God. And God said, hey, this is a rescue house. This is a house of mercy. Come on. I went to Calvary for you. Satan the blood of Jesus is against you. Hallelujah. Come on, someone shout, that's good preaching. As you learn and you get the hang of it, you'll understand that will come natural. But as I train you, I got to tell you when it's good preaching. Because I know when it's good preaching. I'm experienced. I'm a professional. That's good stuff. So the world, the church rather, is the hope of the world. Each generation, each year waxes worse and worse and darker and darker and drifts us further and further away. And I understand if you've had a bad experience in life, I'm going to put parentheses, if you had a bad experience in church. The evangelist that's coming to, prophet, to speak to us prophesied over us. I mentioned it before, but let me just tell you here in case it fits you. This is the church of restoration. Not my words, his words. This is the church of restoration. Restoration from what? what? Maybe you've been hurt in another church. I'm going to put myself on the line right here. It's my profession, but let me just say it this way. Maybe you've been hurt by a pastor. I don't condone that. I can't bless that. I don't know the situation. But at the end of the day, you were hurt. This is the church of restoration. To restore confidence in the man of God to you. To restore confidence of the church and the people of God into you. To restore confidence in the word of God so you can receive it. So you don't live a hurt and wounded life. 
and you drag that bag of hurt through life, and you can't really rise up and be happy anymore because somebody inflicted some scars upon you and violated you, and you're hurting. My friend, this is a rescue house. My study and experience is healthy animals don't go to rescue houses. Those that are in need, those that have been abandoned, those that have been abused by their owners, and maybe someone in the rescue house reaches out to pet them, and they cower down, and the animal bites them. It's their past experiences that cause them to lash out. I'm going to preach to you and let you understand, hey, no matter what has happened in life, no matter what you know or you didn't know, what's happened to you or what didn't happen to you yet, the Word of God never wavers. And this revival is going to be a prophetic revival. He works in the prophetic. What's the prophetic? It's foretelling the future. The prophetic. It's prophecy. It's a gift of prophecy, a word of knowledge. And God's going to confirm some things in this revival to us as a church and to you as an individual. Going to confirm this is a rescue house. And if you qualify as, as, as a rescue person then you are in the right place. Because we have to help people. Church is about people. If you've ever felt alone in life, I want someone to hear me this morning. The church is here to partner with you. Through him, you shall overcome. Someone shout, I will overcome. Why? Because I'm in a rescue house. You see, the rescue house is equipped to help the animal. On-site veterinarians, on-site medication, on-site utensils to operate, tools, on-site volunteers and staff. The goal of the rescue house is to restore the health of the animal to where it can be adopted out to a loving family. The obligation of the church, and I accept the responsibility, is to restore the Spirit of God into humanity and into people and into marriages. That somewhere along the way that you've been hurt and you've been wounded, and maybe you've been leading with a limp and you haven't been 100% for a long time because of the scar and the memory of how somebody hurt you, somebody abused you, somebody took advantage of you, somebody didn't do you right, and you lost hope in the whole system of how God loves and restores. I'm preaching a message to you, my friend, this morning to let you understand this is a rescue house. This is where God resides. This is where God delights, and he delights in restoring people and their faith in the word of God. Can I tell you something you already know? God is coming soon. He's going to rapture this church out, and we're going to walk on streets of gold, the Bible says in a moment and a twinkling of an eye in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, he's going to descend with a trump and a shout. And this church is going up yonder, my friend. I'm not wasting any time on the world. I'm not wasting any time on my hurts. I'm not wasting any time on a bad attitude or a critical spirit. Why? Because God's coming soon. And greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We shall overcome. Someone shout hallelujah. The church exists for people. No product, no warehouse, no factory, 
No inventory, just people. Just people. Take away the people, and there is no church. Take away the people, and there is no future. Young people, I appreciate those of you that were able to go to summer revival the last couple of days. But I'm telling you, this church is for you guys. You are the next generation. Somebody has to take my place. Somebody has to take Pastor Mark's place. Somebody has to be the next minister. Somebody has to be on the next pastoral staff. Somebody has to be on the next senior leadership team. Somebody has to be ready to lead. What are you doing? It's not about these things. It's about people. We don't have a warehouse. We don't have product. We don't ship online. We don't ship you the Holy Ghost. We don't ship you healing. We don't ship you water baptism. It's about people. And we are people. Let me just mess with your grammar for a minute. Someone shout back, I am people. That sounds horrible grammatically. All the English teachers, I did that just to mess you up. We are people. And a rescue house exists only for people. One of our core values I share with you this morning is simply this. Everyone's story matters. I'm talking about people. I'm talking about your background. I'm talking about your upbringing. I'm talking about your hurts. I'm talking about your stories. Every story matters. We believe in a fresh start for everyone. Every stage of life, I appreciate the young people on the front row and all the other ages in between to the back. Every stage of life, Truevine is about being real. I'm a real pastor. I live in a real world. I have real concerns, and sometimes I have real problems that I'm concerned about with things. We live in a real world about being real, knowing that love never fails and forgiveness always wins. Can I tell somebody in the house today, God will forgive you. God can restore you. God wants to heal you. God wants to turn you around. He wants the Spirit of God in you to be greater than the Spirit that's in this world. I don't care what they're teaching in the universities. It doesn't matter to me what they're doing here I say what does thus saith the word of God and if there's a conflict or a disconnect I'm going with the word of God why because heaven and earth shall pass away but my word shall not pass away why because we are a rescue house and we'll be here until God returns first three words there past corvée every one's story matters everyone has a story we're here because god stepped into our story young people i want to share my story with you pastor nolan put me on the preaching docket for them because my story i was supposed to be in my head a major league baseball player. I loved baseball. I'm going to get a scholarship from high school to college, and I'm going to get drafted by the major league NBL. And then my mom ruined it. In my language, my mom torpedoed my dreams. I'm going to leave you right there. I'll preach to you guys someday. I'll come back and tell you. I'm going to tell you my story. But now you see me preaching the gospel. 
So you know somewhere between the major leagues and the pulpit, God got a hold of me. Some of you have stories that you're embarrassed to tell about. Some have stories of darkness. You weren't raised in church, and maybe you were raised around witchcraft and darkness. Maybe you're subjected to things that were counterintuitive to the Word of God, and you live with scars and thoughts and memories, and you can't get past them. Revival has a way of resetting that. Maybe there's been relationships that you can't even count and scars and memories you can't suppress that sneak up and trigger points in your life. I don't have the skill set to help you in all areas. From the clinical side, we have help for you. We have trained people. My expertise is in the Word of God. The starting point is I need to be saved. And I need to get my heart right with God. What happens there? That happens in the rescue house. When you come into this house, hear me somebody, there is liberty and there is freedom for all. It's not just for a few select people. It's for humanity. He went to Calvary for every living soul. 330 million people in the United States of America, all 330 people, the blood of Calvary was shed for you. But it's up to us to find a rescue house. It's up to us to bring these things from Calvary and say, God, I've been broken. I've been hurt. I've got scars. I've got lacerations. I've got memories. i got things I can't get rid of. I'm a wreck. I'm in a miserable spot right now. Oh, save my soul. Turn me around. Hey, I need a rescue house. Will somebody love me back to God? Will somebody restore confidence in humanity? Will somebody restore the loving confidence in the house of God? I say to this, yes, we will. Why? Because this is a rescue house. We're going to rescue people from sin. We're going to rescue people from darkness. Come on, somebody. Maybe you've been rescued and you've been saved so long you forgot what it was to be lost. But I'm here to tell you, there's lost people out there. There's hurting marriages out there. There's moms and dads that are arguing last night and the kids woke up this morning with no breakfast. Where? In the city of Temecula, in the Temecula Valley. Why? Because I live in a real world. We preach the pathway to reconciliation is a transformational gospel. What does that mean? It takes one encounter with God. Parents have kids in the youth group. Let me tell you something. You have to make sure at any cost that you get your young person in a godly environment so they can have their own encounter with God and not live off your mama and daddy's encounter. That, that's not enough to sustain them through this dark and evil world. They need an encounter with God. I pray God slays them in the spirit and knocks them out like an old school Pentecostal and they come to realize there's a God and they get up and say, what are you doing? I'm going to save the world. What are you doing? I'm saving my high school. What are you doing? My neighbor's lost. What are you doing? I'm getting back on the video game and I'm going to tell my friend something. Why? Because I had an encounter with God and I'm bringing them to the rescue house. <laughs> Parents, you got to do everything you can to keep them in godly environments to so they can have an encounter. You never know what environment's going to connect with their spirit, mind, and body, and soul that God's going to change their life. And I know Pastor Nolan and his wife are doing everything they can, but parents, hear me. You need to support what's going on here. If this is a rescue house, you better make sure you rescue your kids. Why do you get all 
wound up, Pastor, because I see a host of parents not putting God first in some activities. And once they grow up, I, I've been saying this since day one of 22 years of pastoring. Once they grow up and the cement hardens, I'm not sure how to help you. The cement is already hardened. Thank you. I'll have to amen that one myself. And I didn't even suggest that. What are you doing? I'm just saying, hey, come on, folks. If this is a rescue house and you lose your kids and they drift out into the world, shame on us. What did the writer said? If I gain the whole world and I lose myself, I'll lose my family. Parents, come on, it's revival. Get your kids up on the front row. I appreciate it. I'm not preaching to you guys. You're on the front row. Say, whoo. These front two rows are like the safe zone. But you need to have your family and your kids in revival. Your kids need to be sitting up here with a youth group. I'm going old school. This is how we used to do it back in Grandpa's day. And we're still serving God and living for God. And some of us turned out to be pastors. Hello. How many among us got our ears twisted at at church because you were doing whatever you weren't supposed to do? How many among us, I'll raise my hand once, because you cut up in church, you got a beating when you got home. They had a little bit of wisdom. At least they didn't beat you in the public. Man, how many hairbrushes were broken on my backside? Hot wheel tracks, those little orange hot wheel tracks. Man, I'm calling CPS on my parents. Those hot wheel tracks still work. Hairbrushes. Oh, hey, here's one. The metal coat hangers from the cleaners. I think about it and I quiver. You know what? This is a rescue house, and you've got to help your kids learn about God and get them in godly environments so they can have a personal encounter. Hey, what is it good does it, if we rescue Chaparral and we lose our kids sitting on the row? I say, no, we keep our kids on the row and we rescue Chaparral, Temecula Valley, Great Oaks, wherever the middle school and high school is. Why? Because this is a rescue house. And when you kids have your own encounter with God and when God slays you in the spirit, what does that mean? It simply means when he knocks you out and you wake up and you're on the ground looking at the black ceiling. And you don't even remember falling. Your head bounced. Ding, ding. La, 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 la. Ding, dong. Human pinball machine. And it's from that encounter with God. I was a young person in the church. I didn't do bad things. I wasn't really, I didn't get all wild and goofy. But there was one church service, Brother Tony. I called the young people up, and I went up, and I got lost in the spirit. You ever, I'm preaching old school. Do you ever heard lost in the spirit? Not, not lost to the raiders. Not lost in the spirit. The spirit of God, you're lost. And I remember crying, and I remember my arms going around. And I was standing up like this, and when I came to, I didn't fall out, but when I, I came to, I was over here. I remember I was on the left side. I was up front here. And I started out like this with all the other ones. But when I came to, I was facing everybody. Going, <laughs> and I woke up. and oh. <laughs> What are all those people looking at me for? I got lost in the spirit. 
And teenagers don't, that's not common in a teenager world. In fact, that's a big fear. I'm not going up there because I don't know what's going to happen to me. What are you doing? My parents were getting me to a rescue house. Trying to rescue me from the lure of the world that was coming in high school. That snatched me out of my high school. I'll tell you my story later when Pastor Nolan schedules me. If I have time on my calendar. But let me get back to the parents. How many here that sit here or listen to me online are in a desire, a necessary need, or a desirous touch from God? The rescue house is here. Every area of life. Your body, your soul, your spirit. I don't know why I do this to myself. It's self-inflicted. But when I want to go back and get up to the Calvary, I I go a little old school. I I YouTube this morning in my office. I don't know. I'm just thinking, God. And the song that kept resonating with me, it's going to be so old, some of you are going to think it's new. It's touching Jesus is all that really matters. The guys were working around. I'm in my office. The door's open. Brother John Garcia walked in. I could feel my eyes getting watery. Touching Jesus is all that really matters. Then your life will never be the same. There's only one way to touch him. Just believe when you call on his name. Oh, touching Jesus is all that matters. And your life. When you call on his name, oh, touching Jesus is all. Really? We're a rescue house, my friend. We'll never be the same. There's only. When you call on his name, you see, it's about touching Jesus. It's not rocket scientists, science. It's not spooky. It's not weird. Just say, God, I need help. I didn't know I needed help till you told me I needed help. And you've come this morning to a rescue house. Your body, soul, and spirit needs to be touched. I'm calling all backsliders to the house of God for revival. If you've drifted from this church or you left this church, it's time to come home.
my prayer for those who wrestle with Sunday morning is that you'll remember the holy over the hurt. Hear the prayers of the saints who have wept over you louder than the curses of the cynics. That you discover the presence of God isn't a stranger and his anointing still rests upon you. And though you can find Jesus wherever you go, you will recall the power of standing among the family of God. So I simply declare, weary wonders and wounded warriors, come home. Come to the rescue house. Touching Jesus, help me, son. the rescue house there's only one way thank you for listening special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry it is because of you that this ministry is possible you can visit our website or church app if you would like to give and if you enjoyed this podcast you can subscribe like and share it with your friends and tag us on social media because we want to witness with you what God is doing in your life Thank you and God bless.